Good morning again. On Sunday evenings, we have been in the book of Ephesians in our time of Bible study. And this morning, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter number 4 and verses 11 through 15. And we know how easy it is for us to grow discouraged, become discouraged, to, to need to be built up, especially as the body of Christ and as churches have life cycles, and because the local church is made up of individuals, we know that we need to be able to work together. And it's easy sometimes for the church to get sidetracked, to get splintered, sometimes over inconsequential matters. And I believe that's why the Apostle Paul, when he was writing the letters to the Ephesian church, because he was wanting the body of Christ to, to grow together, to be built up together, to serve together, and to get along together as they were doing so. We often need to be built up. When we go out to the workforce, when we go out just to the world around us, it's so easy for us to get down, to get discouraged because of all that's going on, sometimes financial, sometimes relationship, and don't listen to the news if you don't want to get discouraged, because that is enough in and of itself to discourage us. But as we're going to see this morning, God has given to the local church gifted believers, gifted leaders to encourage, to edify, to build up the local church so that everyone, the local church, can accomplish the work of the ministry. So let's look this morning at our text in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 up to verse 16. So this morning, beginning in verse 11, the Bible says, And he himself, God gave some to be apostles, some prophets. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul was listing a, a list of spiritual gifts and here, he kind of gives a commentary on gifted people that were given to the church, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work, or so the saints can do the work of the ministry for the edifying or building up of the body of Christ. Purpose, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the acknowledgement of the Son of God to a perfect or a mature man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but rather speaking the truth in love, that the body of Christ and the local church may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, and from whom the whole body, the invisible church, the everyone who has trusted Christ as their Savior, from the whole body, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And so, as we see in the Apostle Paul writing to these Ephesian believers, and for those of you who have been studying with us on Sunday evenings, have been realizing that the Apostle Paul's theme is love. 
is for the is for the body of Christ for believers to treat one another in love and to serve one another in love because we have all been bought by the blood of Christ because we all belong to the same family and God has shown his grace toward us, we should be showing grace toward others. And we see this little word here, edification, or the edification of the saints in verse number 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's an important little word, edifying, or building up. The goal is to build up the body of Christ. And as we think about the local church, we are to be consistently and constantly encouraging one another to, to grow in Christ and to be able to, to serve God together as a family. And the purpose of the gift of believers that he talks about in verse number 11 is to equip the believers, that's all of us together for the work of the ministry so as to give everyone within the, the local church the stability doctrinally and practically and in turn so that everyone that everything we do everything we do leads to mutual edification we are to be mutually edified we are to be mutually building one another up in the body of Christ so if we always think about <clears throat> what am I doing? What am I saying? Is it going to build up someone or is it going to tear them down? And Paul talks about speaking the truth in love a little bit later. And if we think about it, before we act or before we speak, and I know that we're all guilty of this at times. We just speak our mind. And sometimes it's a little bit too harsh. Sometimes it's a little bit too abrupt, and we don't stop and think. And sometimes I don't stop and think, will this, it may be true, but maybe the way it's said won't build someone up, because it may be not said in love. Maybe it's said out of frustration. And so we have to be careful that what we do, we do in order to build up the body of Christ. So church leaders, pastors, teachers, elders, deacons, Anyone that God has given, we have the list that we have here, some apostles, prophets, apostles, by the way, there were 12 apostles that were literally chosen by Jesus, and then we have Paul, uh, who was, uh, who replaced Judas, and that was chosen by, uh, by the church, uh, or by the leaders, <clears throat> excuse me, and then there were other who had the gift of apostleship in the early church who weren't part of the twelve. Literally, all apostle is is someone who declares truth or speaks with the authority of God. And then there are prophets. Now, not every prophet in Scripture was a foreteller, meaning there were many prophets in the Old Testament that God used to speak about that which was to come. But there were other who had others who had the gift of prophecy who simply spoke for God. And in the early portion of the New Testament, when the Bible was not completed yet, God was still speaking to his people. And so that was what he has given, these foundational gifts. 
And then some evangelists, that's exactly what it says, to spread the gospel. Some individuals have been uniquely gifted uh, to be able to have a profound effect when they share the gospel. That's, that's just who they are. That's what they do. They've been gifted by God to evangelize. And then some pastors and teachers, because of the, the construction of the Greek language, that would be one person, uh, pastor and teacher. Why? For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, to minister the word of God to others so that in turn they can grow and get activated and involved in serving others, ready to be involved in ministering to others. We see that in 2 Timothy 2, 2, where Paul tells Timothy, and you need to choose others uh, so that they too can continue on what I have entrusted to you. And so Timothy was to choose elders, to choose others that could be entrusted the ministry of the gospel and the ministry of the word so they too could share and spread the work with the rest of the body of Christ. So what's the goal of all this building up or is to the edifying of the body of Christ? We see that in verse number 16. Uh, so this shows, this tells us that every believer in the body of Christ is to have the ministry or to perform ministry. And all ministry is a serving of Ministry is helping others. Ministry is serving. So God has given gifted leaders to, through the word and through practical means, to help the local church to grow in the word, to grow in love, to be more like Christ, so that everyone within the local church could be doing the work of the ministry. So according to the New Testament, the church doesn't choose a pastor and pay him to do the work. God chooses, God has given gifted leaders, so the gifted leaders can build up and teach and train the church to do the work of the ministry. And so we do it all together. And so that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about here as he is showing in this letter to the Ephesians. All saints are gifted. Not a single one of us can say well, Pastor, I don't know that I can do that because I, I'm just not that gifted. If you trusted Christ as your Savior and you have the Holy Spirit living in you, I'm here to tell you that you're gifted. You have been gifted by the Holy Spirit. It might be a gift of service. It might be a gift of speaking. It might be a gift of exhortation. It might be a gift of mercy. It might be the gift of administration. But whatever it is, we have been gifted to serve and to use that gift in the body of Christ. So we need everyone. Now, someone, some we may think, well, you know what? Not every portion of our body is as important as the other. Well, I don't know. Let me see. Which which portion of your body would you like us to amputate or take out, right? And so the point is, not a single one of us is any less important than any other member of the body of Christ. So the church is the body of Christ. What can we do to build out the church? So for the next few moments, we're going to look in these few verses to see how we can work together to build up the church. The first thing that we can do is put away our differences. Now, the reality is, you put two people in a room, and you're going to have two different sets of ideas. And sometimes they will be conflicting. 
But as long as it's not things that are important life and death stuff, you know, we just have to add us up. Uh, pastor that I served under back in the early 80s, he said, you know what, we just have to agree to disagree and still be friends. And still love one another. How many times do you always agree with your, even your family? See, that doesn't always happen, but we know that we've agreed to love one another no matter what. So let's take a look at verse number 13. So Paul says, we've been given these gifted leaders and to edify the body of Christ for how long? Well, till we all come to the unity of faith. Till we all realize we're pulling on the same, we're, we're pulling the same wagon. We're one team. We're pulling together in the same direction for one purpose. To show and to make disciples, to share the gospel, and to be more Christ-like, more like Jesus every single day. Unity is vital for a church to thrive. Amen. Unity of purpose is so vital for a church to be able to not only grow numerically, but to grow spiritually, to grow relationally. Now, sometimes we confuse unity with sameness. Unity doesn't mean we're all the same. There is right. diversity in the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. There's a diversity of ideas. There's a diversity of ethnicity. There's a diversity of backgrounds. There is so much diversity in the body of Christ Matter of fact, go back to the early New Testament, there were masters and slaves in the same, in the same church gathering. Uh, there were creditors and debtors. And so we're all together in this. Uh, those in the upper room, Acts chapter 1, verse 4, excuse me, verse, uh, verse 14, uh, they were all in one accord, the Bible says, in Acts, in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, everyone there on the day of Pentecost, as they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were in one accord. So they were in unity. They had the same purpose. All of a sudden, we realized that we now have the same Holy Spirit, we have the same power, and we have the same purpose, and we're working together. We see that power flows through the United Church. Power flows. It's just like when you take water through a hose. If you poke a whole lot of holes in a hose, not as much of the volume is going to come out the other end. And so there will not be as much pressure in the hole. There will not be as much power because it's leaking. And what happens when a church is not unified in purpose and we're all going at cross purposes, what we're doing is we're kind of sapping the strength and the power from what we're doing. And so power flows through a United Church. So what enables us to get along with people who are a little bit different from us? Well, grace. Because grace allows God to forgive us. Grace allows God to put up with us, if you will, because God has shown his grace through to us. God has provided for us what we can never do on our own. What enables us to forgive someone? Power of God and grace, because we have been so gifted by grace, we can then share that grace with others and forgive and serve and share together. So first of all, would be to be unified together. God has given these gifted individuals to the local church so that we can all be unified till we all come, verse 13, to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of 
God. So first of all, put away our differences when, as it relates to things that are not, we have cardinal doctrines. You know, someone may say, well, you know, it's, it's okay for me to have a, a different belief when it comes to who Jesus is. I don't think so. Because the Bible is very clear with who Jesus is. There were false teachers that were creeping into the local church that were saying Jesus didn't have a body or Jesus wasn't the Son of God. You know what? Those are differences that we cannot come up with. The Apostle Paul was very, very clear on that. We, we cannot put up with disagreeing on things that are so important that they are the foundation of Christianity. But there are other things that we can still get along and still have a difference. So put away our differences. The second thing that we can do uh, to build up the church is not focus on who's in charge, not focus on anything else, but focus on Jesus. You see, there are often times when we may focus on certain things. Well, we're, we're focused on do we do this? In a lot of churches, it's the color of the carpet. Well, we don't have carpet in here, so we don't have to worry about that. But think, people begin to focus on things that are not that important. But what if, we, what if we begin to focus on Jesus? Verse 13, as we just read. So we all come with the unity of faith and to the knowledge of who? The Son of God, to a perfect man or to a mature believer and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Here's the thing. People may fail us. But Christ never fails. If we keep our eyes on Jesus, remember, building up the church, what if someone else in the body of Christ says something to you that may have hurt? What are we, what are we initially prone to do? To react. Sometimes we react in time. Now, then we have a relationship uh, fracture. But what if, now we can't help our first response. Our first response is maybe to be hurt. But what if we can, rather than focus on that individual and what they did to us, what if we then turn our attention to Jesus? Jesus, you love me. You have promised never to leave me, never to forsake me. Lord, I will do by your grace whatever it, whatever it takes to repair this relationship. But what if that relationship cannot be repaired? What if the other person refuses? If we keep our focus on Jesus, shouldn't that be enough? I know humanly speaking, it, it hurts. But if we think about it, if we, if we keep our focus on Christ, we can accomplish and we can go with and with so many more things if we keep our eyes on him. This is really the truest secret of consistent Christian living is focusing on Jesus. You remember Peter, when he got out of the boat to walk to Jesus, and things got a little bit, little bit scary, a little bit sketchy with the waves and the wind and all of this. What led to Peter losing his footing and beginning to sink? He took his eyes off of Jesus. And I think we may be able to say the same thing happens to a local church when we take our eyes off of Jesus. And we put them on people, we put them on programs, or we put them on whatever. 
we begin to lose our footing, we begin to be on shaky ground, and all of a sudden we begin to be sinking, we lose our power, we lose our strength, we lose our unity, and then that's when bad things begin to happen. Then we need to refocus back into Christ and let Him do what He wants us to do. Well, there are, I believe, three life-changing words that are given to us in the book of Hebrews. Here it is. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. What are those three words? Come on, tell them this morning. Looking unto Looking Jesus. unto Jesus. The writer of the Hebrews, of the book of Hebrews, I believe, understood the importance of keeping our eyes on Christ. And as we look at, we just came off of in Hebrews 11, this great hall of faith, all of these people who had so much faith in Christ, uh, that it didn't matter that they were being uh, tortured, that they were being cut in half, that they were being uh, drawn apart because of their faith. They chose to continue to follow him because of they were looking upon Jesus, not upon their circumstances, and not focusing on fame, but focusing on him. These words, I believe, eliminate all excuses for failure. You can say, well, well, so and so. Well, it doesn't matter about so and so. What matters is what would Christ want us to do? Keep our eyes on him. Well, you know what? I can't. Well, what's the reality? What's the reality? If we through the power of the Holy Spirit, look to Jesus and trust Him for the power and the strength to give, the power and the strength to unify together and work together, then we, we have no excuse for not being able to accomplish something because it's really God doing what He wants through <coughs> us. And also, no hiding behind hypocrites allowed. Why do so many people, what, what's the excuse so many people have for not serving Jesus? Oh, all those hypocrites. So, you know, I, I don't know about that Christianity stuff because all those hypocrites there. Well, the reality is we're all hypocrites about something at some time or another. The only perfect person who ever walked the face of the earth was Jesus Christ. Right. And so if we keep our eyes on Jesus, we're able to realize that he empowers us. And even though we are not perfect, we follow someone who is, and this Holy Spirit is able to build us up, help us to grow even more like Him. Christ, the perfect one, leads us on higher ground. Our relationship with Christ literally is revealed in how we live. You want to know if someone follows Jesus? Follow them for a week. And listen to them for a week. And really, I think, give us an indication how closely we follow Jesus. Remember, we're not perfect. Every moment of every day, or there are some moments in every day where we're maybe serving ourselves. And so we, we go in and out of serving Christ and serving ourselves. The closer we are to Christ, I believe, the more identified we will be with Him, and the more closely we will be united with Him, and we'll be serving Him. So He is. The one. So keep our eyes upon Jesus. The writer of Hebrews said, looking unto Jesus. When things start falling apart around us, what's the remedy? Look to Jesus. 
trust. You know, and when we're building each other up, look for Jesus. And don't focus on someone else. Don't focus on that other person who may not be doing, they may not be pulling their pulling their part of the load or they may not be doing whatever it is that we feel they should be doing. Leave it with Jesus, looking unto Jesus. The second thing is we see that the Apostle Paul is teaching is getting back to the basics. I may have this wrong, but I believe it was Vince Lombardi, the famous coach, football coach, who wanted to get his team to jail together and to win football games. And he brought them back to basic. As a matter of fact, so basic, it was said that during one of uh, one of their, their team trainings, he had a football in his hand and he said, he said gentlemen, this is a football. That's basic, right? Well, there are, I believe, reasons why the Apostle Paul is saying in verse number 14, he says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Here's the thing. There are many efforts to build up the church that flounder. There are a lot of other ideas floating around that are just simply not biblical. And so I think what Paul is saying is, as we grow in Christ, as we learn the fundamentals of the faith, as we learn more about who Jesus is, we will be rooted and grounded in the law, as the Apostle Paul wrote somewhere else, that we will be rooted and grounded in love, and so that we will be closer to Christ, but we'll also know what we believe. And the point is, we need to know what we believe and why we believe. That's where so many young people go astray in colleges and universities. Because maybe atheistic or unbelieving professors begin to cut down or chip away at their faith and they say, well, you're rational thinking adults like you wouldn't believe in nonsense like what is taught in churches all across the country. And so there are many young people who don't know why they believe that Jesus is God. They don't know why they believe that God created everything. And so if we're rooted and grounded in truth, and we know what the Bible teaches, we know why the Bible teaches it, which is one of the reasons why we have Sunday school. One of the reasons why we get together for Bible study on Sunday evenings, because there's only so much that can be taught in 20, 25 minutes on a Sunday morning, where when we come together, we can ask questions, we can join together and grow and go deeper in the Word. I believe that's when we are able to, to be rooted and to be grounded in the Word of God. So please, avail yourself to these opportunities that we have provided, that we are providing, to grow. When you get home, study God's Word. Open God's Word. Don't let 
No legend Bibles collect dust throughout the week. Open them, read them, pray uh, back to God what, what we read in His Word. That's how we that's how we grow. Uh, so we must build on sound doctrine, not on supposed new revelations. All we need to do is go to the bookstore and find some books that supposedly have some brand new revelation from God. The reality is, I believe God has revealed to us through his completed scripture what he wants us to know. Should hear an amen. <laughs> and so, someone might, we might be able to encourage one another, we might be able to build each other up, but for us to say, God has shown me in a dream some new doctrine by supernatural revelation, and if it contradicts God's completed scripture, what are we to say? I don't believe you. We are to test the spirits, we are to test what people say with what? Now, oh, that sounds that sounds really cool. That and that what oftentimes people get in trouble when they say, oh, that makes sense. What are the things, what how deep are the things of God? So deep that there are a lot of things that God has either taught us or that are true that our human minds could never comprehend. And that's where Satan comes in. He may, he takes truth, he twists it just a bit to make it make sense to the natural mind. That's why many of the cults will come in and say, let us explain to you what the Bible really means. And then it will make sense to the natural mind and they will pervert and twist the word of God so that it makes sense in relation to the, 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 the pervasive uh, worldview at the time. So what do we say is, well, know, let me check the Bible. Let me check and see what God says about it. And so Paul says, and the more we grow, the deeper we grow in knowing God's word, we won't be tossed around like children, believing anything and everything, tossed to and fro, carried about, I like the imagery that he, he gives us, tossed about with every wind of doctrine. You know, a new wind blows, and that's what people believe. A few years ago, it was uh, a mid-trib uh, mid, mid rapture, and, and, and just people come up with different things all the time. It's, well, you know, Jesus is going to come back when Jesus is going to come back. And every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men. See, the winds of false doctrine are ever blowing. If we're not careful. And here's where we really need to be careful. Here's what a lot of people do. They turn on the radio and they listen to preaching on the radio. But you have to be careful. Who are you listening to? Because there's so many things on the radio that I believe are false doctrine. Or they'll turn on the TV and they'll have whatever TV station going and cable and it will be who knows who that is teaching the, the flavor of the month. So we have to be careful that we don't believe it. People will say, well, you're on the internet, so it must be true, right? Well, some preacher had a Bible open. And he said it, so it must be true, right? Not necessarily. That's where we, we need to go back to 
word of God to make sure we understand what is true. Cunning, counterfeit characters are always waiting to deceive. So how can we counter false doctrine and build up a church? Verse 15, we can speak the truth in love. Stick with the truth. We've gone back to basics. God is love. Jesus is God. Jesus died on the cross in our place. The blood of Christ is what it takes to be saved. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Basic, basic scriptural doctrine we have to make sure we understand. And when we speak with others within the body of Christ, we do it in love. We don't do it out of spite. We don't just simply do it out of a reaction. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. So as we build one another up, as we focus on Jesus, as we get back to the basics, truth we speak in love. See, truth and love make a dynamic combination. If we're speaking truth, we have a bedrock foundation. But if we speak it also in love, then we have something the Holy Spirit can truly use and apply it to another person's life. The gospel is true. We need to, in love, speak the gospel. We also need to, if someone needs correcting, we speak the truth in love. If someone needs encouraging, we can speak the truth in love as well. Love edifies. Love builds up. If we just remember that everything we do needs to be done in love. Much of the theme of Ephesians is because this is what God has done for us, we in turn should live in such a way that we administer that same love, we administer that same grace to other believers in the body of Christ. And in so doing, we will get along and we will help each other to grow. So in conclusion, the goal of a local church should be the mutual edification of its members. It's one of the goals that we mutually edify, build each other up. You build me up, I build you up. But it's part of the one another's. We love one another. We edify and build up one another. We serve one another. This is what we do in a local church. And the church, we have to remember this, the church is an organism. Yes, the church also, for legal purposes of the state, is an organization. But as it, at its core, the church is an organism, meaning it's a living thing. It's not an institution. It's a living thing. We are the body of Christ. All grow as each grows. Think about that. We get We all grow as each grows. The church grows spiritually. The church grows numerically as we each grow.
building up a local church. Ultimately, I believe results in evangelizing the people. Because when we're built up, when we're encouraged, when we're growing, we are going to be able to fulfill the Great Commission to be able to go out. Because when we come back, we learn, we love, we build each other up, encourage one another. It's a safe place so that we can be filled up and built up to go back out and carry on the work of the ministry and make disciples all over everywhere. So building up the church, God has given gifted people, gifted individuals to the local church to equip the saints to do the work of ministry so that we can build each other up, mutually edify one another, so we want all come together and grow into a pure people, a pure body of Christ, with Jesus as the head. This morning, as we close, think about that. Think about how will you be a blessing to someone this week? How will you be able to be an encouragement to somebody else within this body? And beyond this week, it might be sending a card, a note of appreciation, maybe a note of encouragement, sending an encouraging email, get on the phone, call them, invite them out for coffee or for whatever, whatever it is that you prefer, and just say, I appreciate you. And find someone, maybe who is a younger believer. And say, let's get together and let's study our work again. And let's maybe we can disciple someone else. So we do what we can do to be a blessing to someone else. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have made provision for us to grow individually and for us to grow together. Or help us to be able to, to understand the basics truth that you've provided us that we may be able to speak it in love and Lord we thank you for what you're going to do through our body in our body as we make a difference in the life of others this week. I pray this in Jesus name. Amen.